Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's get in to the book of Romans again. We're in chapter 14, verse 1. The good news is that it's not Wendy and Hobbs every day, just most days, right? I think this is the windiest January I remember. I don't remember January being this windy, and it's just something else, but you should all think of shaving your heads. It's really easier for your hair when when it's windy. Romans 14.1, excuse the bald jokes, but if you keep laughing, I'm going to keep telling them. Accept other believers who are weak in faith. Now, we're going to hesitate on this verse for a moment. Because this verse can be misconstrued. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Let's go back to that verse, Micah, if you don't mind. Let's, let's hang out there just for a minute. Here's why. You should have a discussion with someone about what they think is right or wrong if it's morally wrong. In this context, that's not what it's talking about. It's going to talk about eating certain types of foods. So don't pull that out of context. People will do this. Believers in the world... As well, they pull stuff out of context. For example, you can find someone who's never gone to church or hadn't gone to church in 40 years, doesn't pray, doesn't know Jesus, has never accepted him, and they will quote to you the verse, wives need to submit to their husbands. That's the only verse they know. They don't even know John 3.16. But they'll tell you, wives better submit to their husbands. Well, that's great. A wife doesn't have a problem submitting and respecting to her husband if he loves her like Christ loved the church. People leave that out. I'll never forget, here I was in my, gosh, mid-20s, wasn't married, and I was in Austria as a missionary doing marriage counseling. Can you believe that? I would have never promoted it and said, hey, I do marriage counseling, by the way. No. Someone said, hey, uh, Pastor Matt, can you help us with our marriage? And, you know, I was 26 and a pastor, and I said, so sure. I wasn't married, but I knew what a good marriage looked like. My parents loved God, and they put God first. And this guy, all he could say was, my wife doesn't listen to me. She doesn't honor me. She doesn't respect me. It was crazy because God helped me, and it was the simplest thing ever. Who knew that this would crack the code? But I slowed down, and I asked him through a translator. He spoke very broken English. He didn't really catch it, a lot of my English. But through a translator into German, I said, have you read that whole context that you're quoting? You, you, you know how I make the joke about how people pull the, the sword of the word out and just start cutting? It's like, put that away. You don't know what you're talking about. You're going to kill somebody. You're going to cut your own self with that thing. Don't. He was quoting the word but didn't know the full context. I said, did you realize that your wife will honor and respect you if you just treat her with love and kindness and forgiveness and mercy and grace? And he, I'll never forget the look he gave me. Here I was, a 26-year-old. I feel like I don't know a lot now, but man, 26 was half a lifetime ago almost, and I knew way less, way less at 26. The guy looked at me, and his eyes got big, and it clicked by the Spirit of God, and he said, this is a word in German too, I didn't know it, they use it, he said, wow. I'll never forget the look on his face. He had a beard, I can still see him in his kitchen where he was. I was staying with them because we were doing a youth event or something. And he went, wow. And I said, so have you ever loved your wife like Christ loved the church? And he said in German, I'll never forget this. He used the word, nimer. He said, never. 
I just kind of shrugged, and he said, they told me some stuff. I understood kind of by context, and they said, Pastor Matty said he has some work to do. I said, that's amazing. I hope, I hope they worked it out. But see, people will take stuff out of context. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Let everybody live like the devil, whatever. It doesn't mean you tell everybody every time, but if someone's telling you something crazy, I remember years ago, somebody's Bible study, uh, the guys were telling me, a guy came to one of their Bible studies and he goes, he goes, uh, Scripture does not prohibit sex outside of marriage. Can you imagine? You know how stupid that sounds? You can accidentally open your Bible and find that that's a lie, right? So you got to correct that. So there are people who are weak in faith, but we're not going to we're not going to accept weak in faith and you get to live an immoral life. That's just not right, okay? And don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Now let's see where this is headed. What does this mean? Look at the context of this. Next verse. For instance, the Apostle Paul says, one person believes it's all right to eat anything. Many of you, that's your doctrine, right? <laughs> said, yes, amen, Pastor. I, it, I agree it's all right to eat anything. All right. I mean, you know, some stuff's way healthier than other stuff. Whatever. But you're going to see the point he's making here. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will, only eat, will eat only vegetables. Does anyone in here eat only vegetables? I don't know if that means you have a sensitive conscience. It might. Any vegetarians in here? I remember my mom told us one time she was a vegetarian. She decided from one week to the next, and then also she said, I am a vegan. One time. <laughs> Miss Debbie's laughing. My, my wife goes, she told Jen, you know, they became dear, dear friends as Jen was mentored by my mom. And my, my wife goes, uh, Mom, you... You're a vegan now, so you don't eat anything that has anything to do with animals. A vegan is a higher form of vegetarian. It means you won't even eat butter because it comes from an animal. That's a whole other level. I will never be a vegan. I will never be a vegetarian. But I remember in that season, I thought I'd try it out. I went to Subway and had some veggie sandwiches. Can you believe that? Man, don't laugh too hard. It's almost shameful. People say, I have no regrets. Well, it was fun. It was fun ordering and seeing the look on people's faces. <laughs> oh, no, no, no meat. Is there a discount for no meat? I just want veggies. I want a foot long on wheat with mayonnaise and mustard and different stuff and, and, and just veggies, all the veggies you can fit in there. And I remember thinking, man, I'm hungry in an hour. One person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. There's a reason why. Some people say, man, back in the day, they said, man, I can't, I'm not going to eat meat because it had blood, it comes from an animal, or maybe it could possibly have been dedicated to a demon at a temple, whatever reason. But look at what Paul's dealing with here. Look at this. There's a lot to learn here, all right? Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. Wow. I'm just going to give you some advice. It's always one of my, my uh, wisdom nuggets. I don't think you should drink a six-pack or 24-pack or whatever of Coca-Cola every day. Coca-Cola's good. So 10 must be better, right? No. It's bad for you. But that's between you and God. It'll tear up your body. I knew a lady who came to church here in the Spanish service years ago. She drank so many sodas, they said her kidneys shrunk down to about the size of a grape. Does that freak you out? Say, Coca-Cola, it's not that strong. 
You can, you can degrease a, gra- a driveway with Coca-Cola, to my understanding. You can get stains out of a toilet with Coca-Cola. You can dissolve chicken bones in Coca-Cola, told, someone told me. So, you know, whatever. Feel free to eat whatever you want. That's not a moral issue. It's a wisdom issue. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who what? Those who do. For God has accepted them. We're going somewhere with this. It's interesting because it gives us wisdom in another vein. Let's keep going. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? You're all children of God, right, if you've accepted Jesus. I can't condemn you. Now, I can judge a tree or know a tree by its fruit, though. We are fruit inspectors. It doesn't mean you go around making guesses and making judgments. It's, it's like seeing someone in the street going, he's probably committing adultery. That's a judgment. That's an incorrect judgment. Jesus said, look beneath the surface in New Living Translation to judge correctly. Condemning is a whole other thing. To, oh, well, come on, man. You can't eat meat. What's wrong with your faith? What's wrong with you? Oh, no, I just, it, it's hard on my stomach. I can't eat meat. No. That's the example from this context. There are other things, though, you don't condemn people for. There are those, and I admire this, if you're at this level, praise God. You say, man, I don't watch PG-13 movies because back in the day I got into so much trouble watching television and different things that it, it went south. So I just watch real clean stuff or on the VidAngel. Have you ever heard of VidAngel? You can block out all kinds of stuff. Or we just watch PG or whatever. That's great. Tell you, my standard for sure is no rated R. We don't do rated R unless we can edit that thing with VidAngel. Just don't. Or don't want sex scenes. Don't want them saying GD and F words and all this other stuff. We don't want that. And some PG-13 movies, just because they're PG-13, they think that's okay for 13-year-olds. Have you seen those? Especially romantic comedies and some of those, they're filthy. I remember the other day... Netflix started playing something, and Jen looked over at me and goes, is this TV 14? I said, I guess. I guess that's okay for 14-year-olds now. We got to change that. You can't even hesitate there. But having said all that, everybody's faith is different. I don't mean you need to stay in immoral issues. If you've been a believer for a while, you need to really clean it up. You need to watch your mouth. You need to watch what you, what you say, what you do. Everybody should, and God will help you. If you really love him, you're going to want to live right. But who are you to condemn someone else's servants? I don't, we don't condemn other people of God. We don't. We don't condemn them, but we inspect fruit and pray for people. And sometimes you confront stuff. Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. Isn't that powerful? And with the Lord's help, they will what? Stand and receive his approval. That's what you pray for. Scripture says, love hopes for the best. Love believes the best. Love wants the best. I'm not praying for people to fail, right? Let's keep, keep going. In the same way, this is good. Some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that what? Whichever day you choose is acceptable. There are those who will look at you and say, there's a, there's a religion out there. It's a Christian sect. I don't know if you could call it a denomination. They believe that if you don't go to church on Saturday, you're off. This disproves that. Cowboy Church has church on Monday nights, I think. Great. Let's meet and worship God when we can meet and worship God, right? 
Wednesday, I think it's become a tradition over the years in churches because it's the middle of the week because we're dragging, trying to make it to Sunday. We say, man, I got to go to church in the middle of the week. Here we have Wednesday. Is Wednesday holier than tomorrow? Probably not. So whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day, do it to honor him. Isn't that awesome? You're here tonight because you're here to honor God, not me, not yourself. You're here to worship the Lord together with your church family on a special day. You do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food, do so to honor the Lord since they give thanks to God before eating. Now, can I just throw something in there? I know some of you like your meat really, really, really rare. Like the cow is still mooing, moo, as you eat it. Look into that, because that is one thing the New Testament says, that James, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, said, we need to tell the Gentiles to um, don't, don't eat food that has been strangled, right? And don't eat the blood with the food and steer clear of sexual immorality. That was the basics he gave. That was the basics of the church council in Jerusalem. So I, I want to caution you, don't, don't eat food with the blood in it, not on purpose. I remember one side of our family years ago, they used to make blood pudding. Some of y'all, you don't even flinch because y'all did too. You're like, mm, blood pudding. That sounds disgusting. I remember one of my uncles asked his mom in front of me, my grandma, said, Mom, why did we do that? She said, well, we didn't know. <laughs> blood pudding, man. Let's pray for this blood This blood pudding we're about to receive. That sounds gross, man. Ooh. There's hunters out there. The first kill of the winter, they drink the blood of the deer, right? If you do that, don't. That's my advice. Just some side advice. Those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. Whatever your diet is, I pray it's a healthy diet because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Remember, Scripture explains Scripture. But whatever you're doing in your body, you eat and you give thanks to the Lord for it. I pray that you are wanting just to please the Lord and give thanks to God with whatever you're eating, okay? Let's move on. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. There's a saying, nobody is an island. You familiar with that? My decisions have ripple effects. You thought I was going to go real deep. Watch this. If I decide to not shower for three days, that would affect my wife. Right? Are you still with me? Some guys in the crowd are going, well, I mean, I don't know. If I decide to be hateful to someone, well, that affects them. It may affect someone else. They're going to tell. So we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. You're not an island. You're connected. We're told by social science that even introverts, some of you are introverts in here. You say, man, I recharge alone, enough of the crowd. I'm gonna... Even introverts affect 10,000 people in their lifetime. They come in contact. They influence 10,000 people somehow. They've met or known 10,000 people or been in contact with them. So you don't live for yourself or die for yourself. Extroverts, who knows? Sky's the limit, right? <laughs> Might be 50,000. If we live... It's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. I love this. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. That's good. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. Hmm, that is an interesting verse. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Huh, don't do that. Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Can I read that verse again, please? 
Why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God or the judgment seat of Christ. So praise God. Let's move on. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will confess and give praise to God. You ever notice that verse before? Does that mean Satan and his demons, fallen angels, will bow down and say, Jesus is Lord? Mm -hmm. They will, one day. I remember hearing a song years ago. It was a Christian hip-hop song in the probably the early 90s. The guy said, every, D, every knee will bow, so why not do it now? You're going to have to do it anyway. You might as well do it of your own will. Because can you imagine one day being forced, bow down and say, he is Lord of all now. You didn't do it, now you have to. As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will confess and give praise to God. He is Lord of all, no questions asked. He's undefeated champion of the universe. He's unbeatable. He's irrefutable. There's never been anything like God on the horizon. Nothing like him. Can you imagine having the privilege that Adam and Eve had where in the afternoon in this perfect garden, God would show up and you'd hang out and talk with him. The wisdom of the ages. He has no beginning and no end. Try, try, to, try to deal with that in your mind, even though you're intelligent. He has no beginning and no end. That takes faith. Well, he's out of time. He's, uh, he stands outside of time. Every knee will bend to me and every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Verse 12. Mm, this, is a big, this is a big one. Let's hesitate here. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Wow. Each of us will give a personal account to God. What is giving an account to God? It means you're questioned on your actions. You have to answer for what you've done. Parents, do you ever do that with your kids? Parents, do you ever run into stuff where there's three people living in your house you've never seen? There's nobody, somebody, and I don't know? Have you ever run into that? Who did this? Nobody. I remember I was on a school bus one time. Two kids. It was an older sister and a little brother. She was, man, it seems to me like she was in fourth or fifth grade and her little brother was in kindergarten or something. While we were on the bus one day, he got out a Sharpie magic marker and he started to paint his nails black. Odd, right? Even for the 80s. He painted all of his nails black. His sister said, what did you do? And I'll never forget his response. He said, they were like that. What a strange memory, right? And I thought it was so amusing. I was sitting in the background laughing. He, he said they were like that. And she said, you know, she was the, I guess, you know, she was motherly because she was the big sister. She said, oh, they were like that, huh? All sarcastic. She was having him give an account, a personal account. Even believers, those not condemned to hell, not under God's wrath and judgment. Scripture says we will give an account to the Lord at the, at the great white throne judgment. Even believers, God will say what? He'll say, you could have done better here. You missed my will in this area. I told you to marry this guy, and you married this guy because he was so handsome, and you had a life that was crazy. He fought you tooth and nail about serving me, and look, you, you, you missed out on God's will for your life. My will for your life, whatever. 
or you should have done this, or you should have done that. We're going to have to give a personal account to God, whether we've accepted Jesus or not. Isn't that only right and just? God says, my way is best. You say, yeah, I know, but I, what did Frank Sinatra say? I did it my way. I pray he cried out to God, because each of us will give a personal account to God. Let's go on to the next verse. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Let's hesitate at that verse too. Let's go back to that verse if you don't mind. Thank you. Stop condemning each other. What the Apostle Paul is saying here is walk in love. Talk to me about love real quick. I don't have too much longer to go. Talk to me about love. Describe love to me based on 1 Corinthians 13. I just gave it away. You can cheat if you brought your Bible. About three of you brought your Bible, so be glad that we have this on the screen. Most people don't bring a Bible anymore. What is love? Forgiveness, patience, what else? Kindness, what else? Mm -hmm. You dealt with it, you're going to deal with it again. Oh, here they come again. Doesn't mean you don't have boundaries, but you're like, okay, give him another chance. want to bust a knot in his head, but give him another chance. Self-control is love. I think you could tie that into love. I think you could. That's, that is a fruit of the Spirit. That is a fruit of the Spirit. But I think it's tied into love for God, yourself, and others. Because you didn't bust a knot in his head. 1 Corinthians 13 says self-control. Praise God. Love never gives up, man. Some of you have dealt with some people. You're so tired of their nonsense. You go, oh, my gosh, but I'm not going to give up. I may stop talking to them about stuff, but I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm not giving up. Man, that's a lesson for me even as a pastor, but you as a believer, all of us as believers. What else is love? It believes the best about people. I love it when someone has told a lie about me, and then I heard later someone defended me because it was a lie, and they said, no, Matt's not that way. Matt wouldn't have done that. Love believes the best. I remember years ago, someone came to my mom stressed out about something. I don't remember what it was or what it had to deal with, but I just remember this because my mom gave me a compliment inadvertently. I don't know if it was one of the youth group members. I don't know if, I think it was one of the kids at the academy because I was Friday supervisor. Do you remember that, Adrian? I would sub for my mom on Fridays when I was youth pastor. She wanted the day off. I was Friday supervisor. And I'll never forget, somebody said, oh, man, I, I, hope, I hope this happens. I hope Pastor Matt does this. And my mom said, well, did he tell you he was going to do it? And they said, yes, ma'am. And she said, then he's going to do it. He'll take care of it. It may not be today, but he'll get to it. He'll take care of it. That touched my heart because mom believed the best about me. And she knew a lot of the negative. <laughs> Moms know about their kids, right? At one point, speaking of love, now that we're on the subject, and I'm going to stop at that verse, so let's stop condemning each other. That's verse 13, 14, verse 13. At one point, my mom shamed me so well and so lovingly, she told me, and look, look at the psychology she employed even by doing this. I was a teenager, I was 19, and I knew I was still doing some rebellious and disobedient stuff, even to the call of God on my life at that point. But mom said, you know what God told me to do about you? I don't know why Lily's laughing. Eric, man, I hope you don't feel convicted, but mom's laughing over there. My mom said, babe, 
The Lord told me when you were having a hard time, and I was still having a hard time, but I was doing better. She said to just cover you in love because you didn't always do well with, hey, you don't do this and don't do that. I'd go, man, I'm going to do it anyway. None of y'all were that way. Y'all were born santos. Y'all were saints, right? But we're talking about me now. Remember in church one time, there's a, a couple talking about each other, and the wife said, they were pastors, said, oh, yeah, he was hard to deal with. He was doing all this. And the pastor looked over at his wife and said, well, you weren't so great yourself. But it happens this way. And I'll never forget that my mom covered me in love. And even at that time, it's like my past sins, man, they were called to account. I had repented, but, man, it brought such conviction on me. But in her way, she was telling me, I'm still covering you with love because you're still a knucklehead at 19. And, man, I had a heart for God, but I thought I need to run for ministry because who wants to do that? Man, whoo. Lord, just give me a bunch of money and bless me so I'll tithe double if I don't have to go into the ministry. I'll pay you off. But here we are. Probably because I didn't tithe double. I'm kidding. Making sure you're still listening. Let's stop condemning each other. Let's pour love on each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble fall, and fall, and that goes back to love. Treating them kindly, being respectful and loving. Any questions here tonight on a Wednesday night Bible study? Asiel, do you have any questions? I'm just messing with you. You're shy. I like messing with you. He was a kid in my Bible study. I had a young kid's Bible study, and so was his primo over there. We had a good old time. I'd teach him the word, and then we'd play the we. Been about, about, man, it's been forever ago, hasn't it? So long ago. Been about 15 years ago. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and, and pray tonight. Love you guys so much, and it gives me great honor and pleasure to be able to speak the word to you. Thank you for listening tonight. Is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice as the soft music plays? Perfect. Is there anyone at the sound of my voice tonight who would say, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus and made him the Lord of my life, or... I haven't been living like I should as a believer. I accepted the Lord, but I just haven't walked in that. Is there anyone in here who says, Pastor, that's me. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you tonight. Same for you on the live stream. God bless you for your courage. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your courage. God bless you. I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation. Now, I believe those of you who raised your hands, you've accepted Jesus and you're already saved. But let's do a prayer of salvation for everyone in this room and also for the live stream. And then I'm going to pray for those of you who said, man, I've just fallen short lately. I've been walking in disobedience or I haven't lived right. So would you repeat this prayer of salvation with me tonight and help me out for the live stream? Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. I am a sinner apart from you. I can't make it without you. I need your love, your grace, and your forgiveness. Please forgive me and cleanse me, Lord God. I'm so sorry for my sin. And say, and now I confess that Jesus is Lord of my life. Not Satan, not myself, and not the world system. Say, Jesus is my Lord. Say, Lord, I believe that Jesus died rose again for me to save me and I'm saved by faith in Jesus name now let me pray for the rest of you if you say that you've slipped lately even as a believer I want you to agree with me in prayer everyone repeat this prayer with me say heavenly father 
You said in 1 John chapter 1 that if I confess my sin, you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And say this, say, Lord, that's written to believers, so that's for me. Though I've walked away, I'm coming home. I want to obey you, Lord. Please forgive me and cleanse me. Help me by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Right there with the same attitude of reverence, let me pray a blessing over you. Father, I thank you for your people tonight, what they represent, who they represent, and I thank you that their lives are changing with the word, by the word. God, call them to your word daily, that they would have a systematic study of your Bible, your word every day, God. Word and prayer, the basics. Not just coming to church. That's a great, brilliant, beautiful step. We've got to meet. We've got to meet. But, Lord, that they would meet with you as well and read the word and pray and have time with you. I thank you, Father, for your people. In Jesus' name, amen.